Welcome to the Calvary Assembly Podcast with weekly messages from the Calvary Assembly of God Church in Lexington, Nebraska. You can find out more online at lexag.org and on Facebook at Calvary Assembly Lex. Thanks for listening. Well, if you have your Bibles, turn to Luke chapter 2. We're going to do a series this morning. We're going to start the next couple weeks called The Wonder of Christmas. Christmas is actually a hard thing to preach about. You know that? Because we tell the same story every year. But it's the most incredible story ever told, right? And so we're always trying to find new ways to look at the Christmas story. So this year what we want to do is is look at a couple aspects of the Christmas story through the lens of humanity, through how we see it. Now, how many guys have ever thought about how Mary had to tell her parents that she was having a baby? You ever thought about that? Yeah? A little different. How many of you know it would be tough to tell your friends about that a little bit? So I want you to watch this little short video here, and then we'll get into the Word. Luke chapter 2. I'm pregnant. You think she said it like that? Almost like, Mom, Dad, I'm pregnant. You think she said it like that? Almost like, here it is. Deal with it. And by the way, your grandson, he'll be the son of the Most High God. Yeah, how, how do you even say that? The angel told her not to be afraid. And Mary, well, we know she was faithful. So maybe, maybe she just decided to believe him. That whatever was about to happen, she was going to be okay. When do you think she realized that she hadn't accidentally found herself in this situation, but she'd actually been chosen for it? Because when you know that you're chosen, that's when you know that you're loved. And when you're loved, well, that gives you the kind of confidence you need to walk through doors everyone else wouldn't dare go through. But Mary dared. She dared to trust God as she watched Him give life, then give it up for our sakes. And it all, in the unforgettable miracles and the very scary moments, she trusted His will rather than demanded answers, walked forward instead of turned back, stepped out instead of hit. Kind of makes you want to be like that little girl, huh? So do not be afraid. Listen carefully, for I proclaim to you good news that brings great joy to all the people. Today, your Savior is born in the city of David. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in strips of cloth and lying in a manger. Glory to God in the highest and peace on earth to men on whom his favor rests. and then the events tab, all the verses and the notes are there as well. So you guys have heard this story a thousand times, but I want you to think about it a little bit through what she said as we read this. At that time, the Roman emperor Augustus decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. This was the first census taken when Quirinius was governor of Syria. 
all returned to their own ancestral towns to register for the census. And because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, David's ancient home. He traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee. He took with him Mary, to whom he was engaged, who was now expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for her baby to be born. She gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for them. That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. And suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were, what? Terrified. But the angel reassured them, don't be afraid. He said, I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you'll recognize him by this sign. You'll find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. Suddenly the angel is joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom he is pleased. So Lord, I pray this morning you would speak to us through your word, that you would help us to see how much you love us because you came to this earth for us. In Jesus' name, amen. So we've all heard this story a thousand times. Even if this is your first time in church, you probably heard this story, right? And so we see that Jesus came to earth as a baby, as a baby. And we realize that he did that because we were all going to be great people, right? No. <laughs> he did that because it was his job, right? No. He did it because he what? Because he loved us. The Father sent his son to be born of a woman because he loved us. So how do we experience God's love at Christmas time? That's what I want to talk about a little bit this morning. And I want to, to look at a couple of things we can recognize through the Christmas story. And the first is that he invites us to have a relationship with him. Jesus came to this earth so we could have a relationship. And he expresses, he expressed his love by loving us before we ever loved him. How many of you know that Jesus loved you before you ever turned around and loved him? 1 John 4.19 says this, We love each other because he what? Loved us first. I can love you, you can love others because Jesus loved me first. Because he loved you first. Because our natural tendency is not to love others, is it? Our natural tendency is to be all about me. And he loved us first. John chapter 3, verse 16 says, This is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. God sent his son into the world not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. This is an incredible thing, guys. The God of the universe made the first move towards you and towards me. And I don't know if you've ever thought about it, but those of you who are married or dating or engaged, who made the first move in your relationship? Who made the first one? And like some of you are saying, ah, probably them, you're right, <laughs> thinking, yeah. And usually you say, well, who made the first move? Because they were the first one to be what? Interested. Now, some of you were like me, and you're kind of like, oh, that's a pretty person, but I don't want to go talk to them because, you know, I'm a little nervous. I remember I tried to impress my wife. <clears throat> didn't work too well. She had to get to know me first. You know, my wonderful personality won her over. <laughs> it was actually my Jeep, but um, I'm kidding. 
I had a really cool Jeep at the time. But he did that. The Father sent his Son to earth because he loved you. And Jesus made that first move. He came to earth as a baby. And he expressed that love by sending Jesus to earth. He showed us by sending him born by woman and in the most humble of circumstances. Guys, think about it. Jesus should have been born in a palace. He should have been born in the nicest place there was, but he came instead to earth to an ordinary young lady in an ordinary town, to ordinary people. Think about this, guys. The father chose Mary to be the mother of Jesus. What was special about Mary? Outwardly, nothing. It was her faith. And we read that story where the angel came and said, hey, you're going to have a baby. She said, what? How can this be? I'm still a virgin. I'm betrothed to a guy, and betrothal was like engagement on steroids. If you wanted to break your betrothal, you had to actually divorce the person. It wasn't, you know, like we do here, give me the ring back, we're done. You had to actually go through divorce proceedings. She was already pledged to Joseph, who was a good young man. And Mary, they said, is probably 15 years old at the time. But the father saw her faith. And think about this. You know, we always think about, yeah, he chose her to have Jesus. But he also chose her to raise Jesus. Her and Joseph were raising the God of the universe. Think about that. That's a little pressure, right? And so Jesus was born to an ordinary young lady in ordinary circumstances because he wanted to show us that he loves ordinary people like us. And, you know, sometimes we, we read this story and we think, well, wow, you know, Mary must have been something. And she was. He saw that. But she was very ordinary. Nazareth was very ordinary. People actually said, can anything good ever come out of Nazareth? You know, we talk about, we go other places and people say, where are you from? Oh, I'm from Nebraska. What do they always say? Where is that? <laughs> Isn't that like all cows? Yeah, pretty much. But there's some people there, some good people, right? And that's kind of what Jesus did. You know, he was born in an ordinary, he was born in Jerusalem in a, or in Bethlehem in a manger, not in Jerusalem where the temple was. And he grew up in an ordinary town. And the angel said she was highly favored because they saw her faith. You know, it's funny, it would have been really easy for the father to have Jesus be raised by someone with privilege. He did it with Moses, Right? Moses was raised in the palace. But no, Jesus came and was raised in an ordinary family with brothers and sisters. Well, we know he had brothers. In an ordinary family, in an ordinary town, to come to ordinary people. And so, we see that he invites that relationship. And then we realize that, that God invites communication. When the angel came to Mary, he talked with her. He, he welcomed her questions. And we know that we'll talk about this later on this month, but this wasn't easy on Mary either, was it? People whispered. People talked. She had to go stay with her cousin to get out of town. Oh, look at Mary. I thought she was something. There she is pregnant. I thought Joseph was a better man than that. I mean, that kind of thing went on, and he allowed her to talk to him about it. And Jesus expresses his love to us, guys, by inviting us to communicate with him. If we want to have a relationship with Jesus and we want to experience God's love at Christmas and other times, we have to talk to him. And guys, he invites your questions. He invites your communication. I love 
Joseph in this situation. In Matthew chapter 1, verse 20, it says, As Joseph considered this, he was considering breaking off the engagement with Mary because she was pregnant, not by him. And it says, As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, Don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. She'll have a son. You are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She'll give birth to a son. And they will call him Emmanuel, which means what? God with us. Jesus came to be God with us. And he wants to have a relationship with you. He came. He made that first move. And we know that you know some of us only pray when we have a really urgent need. But the Lord invites you to communicate with him all the time. With the big things and the little things. You can talk to him about everything. And, and you can be honest with him. Mary said, how, how in the world is this going to happen? I'm sure she had lots of conversations with the Lord during that time. Why is Jesus kicking me in the middle of the night? Can he sleep through the night? You know, all those kind of things. He expresses his love by inviting us to be open and honest. Jeremiah 33 Three says, ask me and I will tell you remarkable secrets you don't know about things to come. He invites us to talk to him. He invites us to communicate with him, to have conversations with him. And guys, I know we all have needs. We all have things that we talk to the Lord about. And, and you know, sometimes we make prayer seem like such a big, complicated thing, but really it's just what? Communication. And you know, when you guys, if you think about it, when you were dating, or if you are dating someone, what do you do? You communicate a lot, hopefully. <laughs> I hope you do. If not, this is your cue. Communicate, right? This is a big deal. But you talk, and, and the great thing is when you've been married for a while, you can talk about what? Anything. And even sometimes you don't have to talk at all. It's just being in your spouse's presence is good enough, isn't it? You can ride down the road with them, and you can just have that presence. You know, we, uh, we had a couple in our church here who were married 69 years when they, when they passed away. And they'd been dating for years. So they were really together 70 years. And, you know, we talked to them a few times, like, what did you, how do you do that? And they said, we just don't argue. Their last name was Klepping. They said, we just never argue. And they said, if we don't have anything to talk about, we'll just start counting with each other. I was like, one, two, three, four, just have something to talk about. It's like, after 70 years, you still have stuff to talk about? Like, you know, you could read each other's minds. But they said it was all about what? Communication. And that's what Jesus wants with us, guys. He came to this earth so we could have relationship with him, and we could communicate with him, and we can be open and honest. You know, sometimes we feel like, well, I can't tell God how I feel. He already knows. Right? He knows us better than we know ourselves. He knows you're frustrated. He knows how you feel about your spouse that day. He knows how you feel about your kids that day. He knows how you feel about him. You can take those needs and wants and desires to him because he came to earth because he loves you. And you can have a relationship with him. He invites you to talk to him. And he expresses his love by inviting persistence in prayer. In Matthew 7, he tells us in verse 7, Keep on asking. And you'll receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. For listen to this. He said, everyone who asks, receives. Everyone who seeks, finds. And to everyone who knocks, the door will be open. 
And then he says this, you parents, if your children ask for a loaf of bread, do you give them a rock instead? Or if they ask for a fish, do you give them a snake? Of course not. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your kids, how much more will your heavenly Father give good gifts to those who ask him? Now, he says, if you ask, you will receive. Does he tell you what you'll receive? Sometimes he will give you what you need instead of what you want. Sometimes the answer you get will be no. And we all know this. Our kids ask for things sometimes. Can I have this? No. But I'll give you this instead. What do you want for breakfast? Cookies? How about a scrambled egg instead? (laughs) You know. We don't always. And so sometimes he says, keep asking. You can keep asking. Sometimes that question is going to be, or the answer is going to be no, 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 no. Or sometimes it'll be yes. Sometimes it'll be, hold on a little while. And those are the hardest. Wouldn't you rather sometimes God just say no? But sometimes he says, not yet. It's not time yet. Again, in the book of James, Jesus' brother says this, James chapter 4, verse 7, Humble yourselves before God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you, but come close to God, and God will come close to you. And that verb, ask, seek, knock, is what they call a present perfect. When I was researching this, they said it's a present perfect tense, so it says keep asking, keep knocking, keep seeking. James says come close, and he'll come close to you. So guys, this Christmas season, one of the greatest things you can do, one of the greatest things we can do is keep talking to the Lord because he loves you. He wants you to keep talking to him. You know, sometimes we we try to blackmail the Lord a little bit, don't we? Well, if you'll do this, I'll do this. I read a story one time about a kid who was, he was asking God for something. He kept saying, you know, would you do this? Would you do this? Would you do this? And finally he got an idea and he went over to the nativity scene and he took the little Mary statue and brought it back and he said, all right, Lord, if you ever want to see your mom again, you know, <laughs> that doesn't work very well. But guys, he wants us to communicate. He wants us to talk. He wants us to have that constant communication with him. So he shows us that love by inviting communication. And lastly, he invites fellowship. We recognize God's love by the fact that he invites fellowship with him. And he shows us that love by understanding us. Listen to this. 1 Peter chapter 5. Now, Peter was written by who? The book of Peter was written by Peter. Not a trick question. Peter, right? Peter was a disciple. He was actually one of Jesus' closest friends while he was on earth. But Peter had a problem, didn't he? His mouth got away from him sometimes. Sometimes his attitude got away. You know, he was one of those, and, and so Jesus was telling the disciples, hey, I'm going to be betrayed. I have to go to the cross. I'm going to die for all of you. And what did Peter say, if you remember? Not me. He said, I, I would die with you. And Jesus actually said, Peter, before the sun goes down or comes up, you're going to betray me not once, but three different times. And guess what Peter did? He betrayed him three different times. But then Jesus came back to Peter. After Jesus rose from the dead, he specifically went to Peter and reinstated him. He said, hey, Peter went back to fishing. He said, well, obviously I can't hack it as a disciple, so I'm going to go back to fishing, which is what he did before. Jesus caught him and said, Peter, do you love me? And he did that three times, telling Peter he still loved him. Listen to what Peter says. This is coming from personal experience. 
First Peter chapter 5, verse 6 and 7. Humble yourselves under the mighty power of God, and at the right time, he will lift you up in honor. What did Jesus do for Peter? At the right time, he lifted him back up. He restored him. And then he says this. Give all your worries and cares to God because he, what? Cares for you. Guys, when you have problems, when you have worries, when you have issues, give those to the Lord because he, what? Cares for you. And guys, sometimes I know this is so hard for us to get through our heads and and even harder sometimes to get into our hearts because we say, well, God loves the whole world. Yeah, he cares for me because he cares for the whole world. No, he cares for you because he cares for you. He loves you. He wants you to give those cares to him. And Peter, of all people, knew this because Peter, of all people, really blew it. Really, I mean, really blew it hard, bad, boom. You know, if you think you failed, Peter's done it. We all have. We've all failed. But he says he loves us. And if he restored Peter that way, guys, he will restore you. And guys, I really believe he would have restored Judas who betrayed him if Judas had asked, but Judas didn't. And so, guys, he loves you. He wants a relationship with you. So he shows you that by understanding you and showing that he cares for you. And he expresses that love by choosing us. He chooses us. Do you realize that? He chose you. He came to this world and died on the cross. And he came to this world and was born in a manger and grew up in an ordinary town to show how much he loves us, to show that he is God with us. Not just God out there, but he's God with us. And then he says that he chooses us. He was talking to the disciples, and by proxy, he was talking to all of us. In John chapter 15, look what he said. This is my commandment. Love each other in the same way I have loved you. There is no greater love than to lay one's life down for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you slaves because a slave or a master doesn't really confide in his slaves, but now you are my friends since I've told you everything the Father told me. Now listen to this. You didn't choose me, but I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit so the Father will give you whatever you ask for using my name. Let that sink in. Jesus said, you didn't, you didn't pick me. I picked you. And again, that is so hard to get sometimes because you say, well, if you really knew me, you wouldn't choose me. You ever feel that way? If you really knew what was in my heart, he wouldn't choose me. But he did because he does know your heart. He said, I have chosen you. And then he, even more than they said, I chose you to go and bear fruit. What does that mean? It means he wants you to go and tell others about him, about this love that you've received from him. And what better time than Christmas time? I remember I used to work retail. And if you've ever worked retail at Christmas time, it's a challenge. (laughs) You know, my first year, I was like, oh, this is going to be the greatest because everybody's going to be happy and the Christmas spirit is going to be everywhere. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't happen. You get yelled at, called names and all these things. But I used to come into work and I was always smiling. People said, what is wrong with you? Why are you smiling? This is like the worst time of the year. I said, no, this is the best time of the year. And they said, what are you taking? I want some of that, you know. And I said, no, it's just, it, it's called joy. It comes from Jesus. Like, oh, pfft, you know, one of those things. But This is the best time to tell people that, guys. He chose you. 
And how do we know that? Well, he said it, but also we see that he chose an ordinary young lady to be his mother, to be the mother of his child, Jesus. And an ordinary carpenter named Joseph to be the father on earth of his son, to raise him and direct him and guide him. He chose ordinary shepherds to be the very first in the universe to hear the birth of the Messiah. Shepherds. Nobody wanted to be a shepherd. That was like the job you took if you couldn't get another job. Guys, shepherds weren't even allowed to testify in court because they considered them unreliable. Nobody wanted to be a shepherd. Nobody wanted to hang out with shepherd except the God of the universe. Told them and said, hey, go see this. Go see my son. Go see this baby. You'll find him here. This is how you'll know it's him. So, you know, here's ordinary Mary, ordinary Joseph, holding their baby who is the Messiah that's been waited on for generations. And the very first people to come say happy birthday are shepherds. Ordinary shepherds. So, guys, if you hear anything else today, Jesus chose you. Jesus chose us. Not only to be his, his beloved children, but to carry his word to the rest of the world so that they can know that they've been chosen and they've been loved. And so he chooses us, and then he expresses that love by walking with us. Christmas was a one-time event. Jesus came, and he was born one time. But he walks with us every day. He wants to walk beside you. He wants to be with you because he loves you. He doesn't want you walking this road, this life, on your own. You don't have to. And guys, so many times we feel so alone, don't we? You feel so, sometimes we feel betrayed by people, we feel betrayed by situations, but we never have to be alone because Jesus is always with us. He wants to walk with us. I love this line in Romans chapter 8, verse 31. This is written by Paul. Paul was uh, a guy who was chosen by Jesus to take the word to the Gentiles who was us. But Paul was another guy who, who had done a lot of things wrong. But then he went through a lot of hardships for the gospel. I mean, he was shipwrecked. He was beaten. He was called names. He was almost torn apart. And he says this, What should we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, who can ever be against us? So guys, I'm going to ask the worship team to come back up. But I know Christmas season is a wonderful season. It can also be a trying season for some of us. It can be difficult, it can be frustrating sometimes, but in the midst of all these things that go on in life, all these worries, all these cares, all this stuff, we can have joy at Christmas time because we celebrate the love that Jesus shows us at Christmas time. So in the midst of our worries, our doubts, our fears, our frustrations, our angers, we can know that the God of the universe loves us, chose us, wants to talk with us, wants to have a relationship with us. So I'm going to ask you to stand, if you would, this morning. All of you in this room, all of you watching online, if, if you would pray with me this morning, we want to just talk to the Lord. And this may be the first time you've ever heard about this love. I mean, you've heard the Christmas story, but this may be the first time you've ever heard that the God of the universe came as a baby because he loves you. Because he wants a relationship with you. So, Lord, right now, I just pray that all across this room, all of those watching and listening online or, or listening later would just sense the love that you have for them.
because of what you did at Christmas. Because you came to this earth to be born in a manger, to be raised by ordinary, everyday parents who had incredible love for the Father. You came to this earth and you were visited by ordinary shepherds. You came to this earth because you chose us, because you love us. And I know that's so hard to understand why you would love us, but you do. And you not only came to be born, but you came to die for us so that all the the wrong things we've done could be forgiven by your sacrifice. So I just pray that you would help each and every one of us just sense that love this morning, that love that you have for us. And then we would in turn share that love with others through telling them, through giving to missions so that they can hear in their own language where they're at. So we can share it with our families and those around us. So every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're here this morning and say, you know, Pastor Rex, I've never accepted this love of Jesus that you're talking about. Maybe I've heard it. Maybe I haven't. But, but today I want to respond to that love that Jesus had for me. I want to I turn from the wrong things that I've done. And I want to have a relationship with him like you're talking about. If that's you, would you slip your hand up right where you are? I just want to pray with you right where you are. Yeah. I'm going to ask you guys to say this prayer with me, with those that raise their hand. This is just a simple prayer of just you talking to the Lord. Because the Bible said all we have to do to have a relationship with Him is ask Him to forgive our sins. Just to confess with their mouths that He is Lord. So pray this prayer with me. Dear Jesus, thank you so much for coming to this earth, being born in a manger, and dying for me because you love me. And I admit that I've done things wrong. I've sinned. Please forgive me for those. I invite you in to be my Lord. Please forgive my sins. Make me new. Help me to live for you every single day. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Guys, the Bible says if you prayed that prayer, He's forgiven your sins and He's made you a new person. Now comes just the walking and out part that we talked about today. The talking with Him, having a relationship with Him. And so if you're here today and you say, you know, I just want to do better at walking with Him every day and just responding to that love every day. If that's you, would you just raise your hand? We just want to pray together. Yeah. Father, right now, I just pray for all those, all of us in this room, all of us watching online, Lord, that you would help us to live in a relationship with you, to walk that out, to talk with you every day, to have a relationship, and to share that love with others. Lord, help us to do that in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to close out with a song here. We're going to sing this together. If you have a need, uh, you can come down to the front. People will meet you here to pray with you this morning. If you just want to spend some time with God in His presence up here, you can do that as well. So I invite you to sing with us.